Hi, Jaleesa. Hi, Matt. This is our fourth, fourth episode. Yep. We're trying something new with our setup. If you guys are watching on YouTube, um, it took a little bit of maneuvering and creativity. Feng shui. <laughs> Feng shui. We dropped the mic almost. Actually, Jaleesa was really fast. We almost dropped the mic. But today, <clears throat> being that this is kind of a relationship, it's a mixture. It's a smorgasbord of things we talk about. Oh, I thought you were just saying like, you and I, this is sort of a relationship. This is sort of a relationship we're in, this marriage thing. <laughs> it's somewhat, it's growing as a relationship. <laughs> yep. Yep. Are you saying this is a relationship podcast? Kind of. Oh, okay. Buckle in. Or you mean the episode itself? No, I thought you were going to say like the podcast, like that was our main like topic. And I was like, I don't think that's what I signed up for. I thought we were just going to talk about our adventures, like not prepared yeah. for this. But then you forgot about the part where we're like, our adventures mean to us the good and the bad. We won't go all the way into the bad of the stuff. Yeah. But... Let's just talk about the bad stuff. <laughs> let's air our grievances on podcasts. Yes. I think that. I think that would be entertaining. It's a Seinfeld episode. Aaron okay, you go first. Tell me what you hate the most about me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good segue. We've been reading a book together by Tim Keller, and the title is The Meaning of Marriage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You read it last night. I know you did. So I, I know. I have been doing my homework. Matt yep. gave me an ultimatum. No. Well, yeah, you did. I didn't give an ultimatum. Well, okay, fine. I guess that's not the right word. It gave us a goal. No, you're like. Um, you need to have that finished in the next two weeks. <laughs> and I did not Fine. say it with the sassiness. I said, it would be really great if we had to finish the next mm. two weeks so we could talk about it. But anyway, we're going through the book, The Meaning of Marriage. It's not going well. <laughs> Just kidding. But there's so many amazing points in that book. And just everything that's gone on in the past year and a bit putting things into context and perspective and seeing that how we view relationships in today's society is kind of like self-fulfilling and we're getting it wrong in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a confession. I was going to save this for later in the podcast. You make confessions all the time on here. I know. And I, for like, this is an actual confession. You haven't read the book. No, I did. Or I am. I made good progress, actually. Um, I watched I watched The Bachelor yesterday. <laughs> the Bachelorette. Yeah. And I don't, okay, I don't always watch it. It's not, I'm not like a, is the word? I have no clue. I'm not like a committed fan. But, I think that's the word. Okay, but I needed like a short break in between watching the Olympics and the CrossFit Games. So I yeah. was like, I need while multitasking doing work. Yeah, I was cooking supper and, and a little bit of work. work. Yeah. Um <laughs> that's not the point. I needed a little break between sports, which I'm as shocked as you are because I don't usually, but I've been on a pretty intense sport watching Olympics. adventure lately. Well, and the games. So cross the games, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I got up at five o'clock this morning just to get caught up. That's anyway. so not the point. Okay. I watched The Bachelor and in my head, as I was watching it, I was like, Tim and Kathy Keller would not approve of this. <laughs> and like literally every single thing they said, I was like, 
Oh, that's wrong. That's wrong too. That's also wrong. In well, like tell me what you mean by that. How you start a relationship of like, well, obviously it's purely based on lust and physical attraction, attraction basically. And like, uh, yep. Perfect pretend relationships that are not realistic for real life. And it was, and I don't know what I read it in the book, but somewhere along there, it's just like, at one point in your relationship or in your marriage, you are not going to like your spouse anymore. And you're that like initial excitement when you hold hands or kiss for the first time. Yeah. That's going to fade. And in my head, like, and this is okay. We've been married nine years. So I'm sorry, Matt, but like when I hold your hand, it's not that exciting anymore. Oh, that's exciting for me. <laughs> I'm just being honest. But then it's like, yeah, this is true. Like sometimes I don't like you, but that's where like the commitment about like love really is. And it talks so much about so many people these days are like they live common law, which I'm not judging people, but they say things like I don't need a piece of paper to prove my love to you. Mm-hmm. But it's like in these like real tough times of marriage where it's like not only is it not even like it's not even a, tr- a thought that crosses our mind because we made that legal commitment to each other. The covenant. Covenant, yeah, to love each other regardless. And I've never thought like obviously divorce or separation has never been something that we've thought about or whatever but that just became like so much more like I think real and true in the last bit because I feel like people the covenant yeah well like no just like (laughs) the way you said that's like okay i'm talking myself into a hole here can you start talking about something <laughs> no no i know what you're saying it's it's that reading through this book realizing that it's a covenant it's a commitment and we shouldn't go into relationships for selfish well we we're selfish people right like that's we're kind of and no matter if you're <clears throat> you think of yourself as a perfectly moral person or whatever else we we still have our selfishness and our yeah. natures and having this covenant that we're committed to as individuals to putting our time and energy into the other person with both sides of the relationship, meaning I am going to try to love you as best I can, regardless of external circumstances, and also love you in a language that you hear. Yeah. Um, and what you said oh no i can't remember something about marriage yeah something about relationships um no about like entering into relationships for selfish reasons and that was Mm -hmm. a big thing that we kind of talked about before too is like realizing that when we got married my thought process was like let's get married because i want you to be my biggest cheerleader and that's something that has like come out in the last few years, maybe of like, okay, so I probably wasn't ready to get married when we did, but now I think I'm ready to get married. <laughs> no, now I think yes. we're on the right path. And it's like, 
okay so that wasn't the right reason to get married and I was like 1000% in it for selfish reasons mm -hmm. and like I just I just imagined I would just run the show for the rest of our life on and on and you would just be like cool I'll just cheer you on and whatever you want to do and be your biggest fan and in theory that like sounds like sweet that's an awesome marriage but that's not actually what it's supposed to be about and I think that a lot of people think that that is what it is and that's what we see like on social media or in on things like The Bachelor which you shouldn't watch <laughs> where it's like this impression that you get married just to support each other's dreams mm. which like I don't like that's great if that's how it turns out but I don't think that's the point of getting married right yeah and this is where it gets confusing. am I allowed to be married now did I pass 100 percent. Okay. I think it's just about both committing to being in it like in it through the bad and the good and that's in the vows right but then going further and actually acting that out and I've had a great conversation in a Bible study this morning with Josh Price about this is that we are so, our words don't match our actions all the time, right? And that's where we throw the word around love and all these different things a lot because it's almost like an excuse. So if I say, hey, Jaleesa, I love you. I also have said I love pizza, which well, we, we, we both we both have a yeah, like, common love for pizza. So we'll just let that slide. I don't, I don't blame you for comparing me and your love for me to pizza. I think that's probably like a fair. I'm going to say something really romantic. No. Not even in Italy with the pizza in Cinque Terre or whatever that was can compare <laughs> to you. What about the pizza in Amalfi Coast? Because that yeah. was the best. Well, I can't. I can't honestly say that to you. <laughs> but then, so going back to a saying is, we can say these words, but unless we're acting it out, it like love is an action. Yep. And I think saying "I love you" is like yeah, like you said, just cheating because I can just be like, "Hey, I love you," but then that's easy. Show you in any way. Yeah, I think I do that often. I'm like, I'm going to say that I love you so that I don't have to, this sounds bad, but so I don't have to spend quality time with you or say words of affirmation because those things are both hard for me. So I'm just going to say it and that should cover the bases and should be good to go. But that's what you, you hit the nail on the head there saying that that's hard for me. We, in today's society, it's like, what's easy for me and what's easy when this romantic feeling is when we first meet each other. That's easy. Well, what about when you, like, I still get excited holding your hand, but I mean, obviously you don't, <laughs> but what about when that's you, true. but what about when, I don't know, what about when that's gone, then you have to, it's, that's the, where the covenant comes in. You're committed no matter what to love the other person. So to not always act on the feeling, that's where people get caught up is I'm only going to do this if the person is loving me. Or if I have the feeling, mm -hmm. well, I don't always. And if it serves me in a way that makes yeah. me happy. Sometimes, sometimes you do things that uh, 
I might annoy me. Oh, so now is the airing of grievances? No, I'm not going to okay, say I'm specifically. I'm saying I already know what it is. But that doesn't give me a free pass not to love you. Correct. So in the book, I think it was, I don't know which one. It was Tim or Kathy, but they said, we don't have kids, just so everyone knows. But when you have kids, you're committed, right? They, they don't give you anything all the time. Like, like the first 27 years of their life. You, you sacrifice, you sacrifice, but the sacrifice, this acting in love actually makes you love them more. So it's like this roundabout thing is instead of waiting for this feeling, once you've committed in the covenant of marriage, you're acting in love. Mm -hmm. So your one of your love language is, is acts of service. And that's, that's one of my lesser of the five love languages. And it's really hard for me to do something like unload the dishwasher sometimes. That's my favorite thing for you to do. Yeah. Um, but if I waited until I had the feeling until you did something that made me feel really good, I was like, now I'm going to do this. That's consumeristic. That's a mm -hmm. contractual, like you do this, I do this, yeah. but that's truly when you feel loved is when you do it, when I haven't done anything for you. And that's where it gets really, really tricky because that's, that's where yeah. selfishness and ego comes into play is like, you have to be committed every single morning to loving regardless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a good thing. Cause I don't wake up very beautiful. So You're beautiful. I mean, the pizza was pretty beautiful too. <laughs> yeah. It's good. So that's kind of, the one big one we've been working on and realizing like this whole compatibility thing that people are waiting for the perfect person. Yes. Some people are going to be way more compatible. Yeah. I, I'm just going to cut in for one second because I feel like this has been like a real big thing for us because, and we kind of talked about this and maybe it matters. Maybe it doesn't, who knows, but like we are in terms of our love languages, we are the opposite of compatible or in terms of like total one, opposite, like 1000% complete opposite. And we did watch that one YouTube of Jordan Peterson saying how, like, you better find out if you're compatible with someone or not before you get married. But I know what you're gonna say. I think in that video, you didn't watch the whole thing. He didn't, he what? wasn't necessarily saying that he was yes, talking about it being a sacrifice too, but continue. Well, no, just that like the fact of the matter is if you and your partner, like the exact opposite things, get energy from the exact opposite things, have the exact opposite love languages. Um, like literally besides our love for pizza and biking, we don't actually like a lot of the same things or like feel energized by a lot of the same things. So I think learning these things has been especially extra important and also challenging for us and and so I maybe it's taken us nine years, but also I think will be even more rewarding when we get better at consistently practicing them. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, I think. Well, that's like, the definition example, of love, right? Yeah. Well, and, and for example, it would be, I think in theory, it would be easier if both of our love languages were say quality time, because then we probably would both make an equal effort to do that or like just feeling loved by that same thing. Whereas like you feel loved by quality time. 
it's not that I don't, but it's not top priority for me. So for me to actually like think about it, plan it and do it without thinking about the 17 tasks I have is like, okay, I really got to put effort into this. And I think you feel, you really know it's special when I do that Mm because you know that that's hard for me. And same thing for me, like yesterday when I came home and the kitchen was spotless, I literally was like, oh, Matt loves me so much. And, and I texted you and I was like, plus, and you're like, I don't even know what I did, but it was like, yeah. I thought just it was a sarcastic thing. bless you. Like when I can't find something and I'm sure there's a lot of the people yeah. that there, I can't find something in the cupboard when Jaleesa, yeah. Jaleesa said, hey, it's there. I was like, no, it's not. It's not. Yeah. And you Anyways. find it and you say, bless you. Yeah. I lost my train of thought, but I think what I was saying was like, that was great, basically. Yeah. And so you asked the question. It's almost, we have to look at it a different way because if we're just looking at it as compatibility, what would be easiest? We're looking at it ourselves again, right? Like if we said, both of our 100%. So, just to if anyone that hasn't read the book, The Five Love Languages, definitely recommend. It even goes beyond relationships. If you're a boss or anything, you can use that too. But words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, physical touch, acts of service, acts of service, yes, gifts. Not to be confused by GIFs, which is also a love language. 100%. Calm or Ali, if you uh, listen to this, got you. Um, <laughs> But let's say both of our, like you, the example you use, both of our, we are hundred percent quality time. Let's say we're both, that's what was our love languages. Yeah. Okay. We would never have to be unselfish in our love. You know what I mean? Like we would never give us an opportunity to truly understand what love is like. So, but then how do you think people who do have the same love languages do it? like truly understand what love is i'm not saying they can't i'm saying that but how do they i don't know oh <laughs> i'm not i'm not a um expert I, yeah mm-hmm. but in saying that it's an opportunity because you and i being christians correct the ultimate act of love was a sacrifice on the cross mm-hmm. right knowingly dying and knowing that some people aren't going to accept the gift of this free gift of salvation, that giving of your whole self. And that is huge. So that's what love is. A lot of the time is I am sacrificing of myself, even when I don't want to, to do an act of service for you. If it was just quality time, that's easy for me. Like I can just make that happen, but I have to consciously and go against my feelings in action to love you. Does yep. that make sense? Mm-hmm. So if those of you out there, my, like, so you, you, we're talking about the contrast of our love languages. Jaleesa is acts of service, gifts, and then words of affirmation. So we're pretty close in words of affirmation. Mine is quality time. No, sorry, words of affirmation, quality time. And then my gifts is 0%. And 
and your quality time is like 0%. 0%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't mean things and do things. You, hearing that I have 0% gifts, please don't be afraid to give me gifts. It's just please, I, I still gladly welcome gifts. Yeah, and you still like quality time. It's just in the comparison, if you had to choose between these, this is what you choose. Yeah, just doesn't make me feel, I, I wouldn't walk away from quality time and be like, oh, I feel so loved. Right. I mean, sometimes. Or I well, mean, like, I shouldn't say that because that's not really true, but it doesn't speak to me like it does to you. Right. If you chose a me vacuuming or spending five minutes on the couch watching oh. TV together, vacuuming. It's <laughs> not even a question. And for those listening that this is confusing and this is, can be like a, like a point of resistance. The one thing in who wrote the book, five love languages, Gary Chapman, he says, think about it. So if you can't understand what it feels like for, let's say, if Julie's can't understand what it feels like to feel love from quality time, Correct. because that's not high on her list. And I can't understand what it feels like to feel love from a gift. You have to think about what it feels like for yourself when the other person does that for you. So what does it feel like as an example, when Jalisa gives me quality time, intentional quality time, that's what it feels like for Jalisa when I do an act of service. And then you can tie it back to that, just the love and not the actual thing and not getting caught up on the compatibility thing. Yep. Yeah. I truly believe that the love languages not just like the test, but also some counseling and it should be a part of every like premarital mm -hmm. counseling sessions or whatever you call them. Yeah. The five love languages and then understanding that marriage isn't, it's not another check mark, meaning go to high school, go to college, um, get married buy a house, have a kid. If you, that's why you're doing it. If you're just checking it off because everyone else is, or that's where you think the next stage of life is just like, it's kind of like you're you saying. Just want a handsome cheerleader. Tell me handsome secretly. Well, he said your number one was words of affirmation. So I'm trying publicly right. publicly. I know that's like 12 extra yeah. brownie points. It is. The kitchen's going to be so clean today. My that's the opposite of why you want You'll to put do it this. in your phone. I did this for Matt. Now we'll just wait, put the timer on. He yes, should do this for me. Correct. That's the trend there. This is transactional. Transactional. And guilty. That is hard. Knowing that love, the definition of love is to keep giving without expecting anything. Yeah. You got to give more than you take. Yeah. That's super easy. Oh, man. It's such a joy. We are compatible in sarcasm. I don't know about that. So I don't know if that was sarcastic or not. Exactly. We'll keep working on our list of things that we are actually compatible in. But yeah, I wanted to talk more about our experiences rather than saying 
We're not giving marriage advice or relationship advice because well, we're not trained in this. Absolutely not. I've been putting off doing this podcast because you're like, we should talk about the love languages and whatever. And I was like, I don't think I have too much to say besides our own experience. But but that that's half the thing, right? Like, I mean, this is, is our huge. podcast, so we can talk about ourselves as much as we want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to yeah. do that. Yeah. What else do you want to talk about us about? I don't know. I like biking. With yeah, you. we're going to go today. We're going biking in the valley today. We are. We also just biked in uh, Invermere. It was awesome. Yep. Since this is called the Adventures Podcast, I feel like we have to just float that in there. We did a fun adventure. There was a lot of complaining by one of us, and it was me. But in the end, it was really good. And this is also our podcast, so I'm distracted and saying, Sometimes we tiptoe around the faith aspect of the marriage. I think that's really important to talk about is that it's really hard hard to love without a definition of love or like of this 100% self-sacrificing, unconditional love. Okay, so do you think that non-Christian couples can still like 100% Love? Is that what yep. you're saying? Okay, good. Because what you said sounded like you couldn't. And I was like, I feel like there's still non-Christian couples that understand and can fully embrace. Well, now you're just love? putting me on the spot as if I'm, I'm no, that's not what I'm oh, doing. I'm, I'm saying that love is from the creator, right? Marriage or love. Everything. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That's, All of it. That's true. Right. I think maybe I didn't understand what you said then. Yeah. So, I mean, if. What do you mean? Yeah. If you're not 100% compatible, then that can sometimes be. Sorry, if you're 100% compatible, which isn't a thing, that can make it harder to fully understand love. I'm sorry you lost me. Yeah, now I've got to go deep because I hope you'd say, yeah, that makes sense because now I have to explain it. Um, so I think I'm lost on the compatibility part because I feel like whether you're compatible or not, you can make it work and you yes. can fully experience love regardless. There. But that, that's exactly it is. Oh, I think we're relying I... on the compatibility part instead of the covenant part. Okay. Right, like this is a commitment that I committed to you. I commit to loving to you, regardless of anything going on. And that commitment isn't just staying with you; it's committed to loving you. And this was actually, I guess, we didn't really see it at the time, but it was a really good practice for us when you were sick at the start. Right, like we had this idea. Well, I had this idea what marriage looked like, mm-hmm. and we should say it like. Marriage can be great. And once you're you're both we should say marriage can be great. Once you're both committed to loving each other and putting time and energy to understand each other and moving towards a common goal or vision, then that's when it starts to become fulfilling. It doesn't mean easy. But going back to the start is we create a covenant regardless of you sick being sick and not being the same person I knew. Mm-hmm. 
And if this is your first podcast, listen to Julissa had an exercise addiction, eating disorder. And now looking back and create an opportunity to, it was an opportunity to understand what love really meant. Cause that was really hard for me. That's when I talk about the faith aspect is if I didn't have that faith, that would have been extremely hard. Or if I looked at marriage from the current worldview of it has to serve me, I would have been out there so quick because I'm like, well, this, this isn't serving me. Yep. And I just figured you were there to serve me. So. What is the Andy Stanley thing? I have to give you everything and expect nothing. And then you have to give me everything and expect nothing. So it's really comes down to the individual understanding that the other person owes you nothing, but you owe them everything. Every day. So it's a race to humility and service. Race to the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Even saying that makes me like feel uncomfortable because I don't like losing and that feels like losing, but I want to be a loser in this circumstance. So just trying to change the psychology. Of it so well, then going to the Bible, right? Like winner. I don't know the verse. I'm winning. But something about being the servant and those are who, who are humble will be exalted. And it's just basically to be the servant. Mm-hmm. And uh, love with vulnerability, because without vulnerability, you can't experience joy. Oh, now we're getting into Brene Brown territory. Brene Brown, C.S. Lewis. It's so C.S. Lewis. What's the saying he says? It's something about Um, putting your heart into a box. Oh yeah, this is something we listen to. You put your heart. If you are too afraid of vulnerability, you put your heart in a box, and then you're safe from it ever being broken, but then slowly it just turns black and it dies. And I first said like, yeah, I would way rather that than have my heart broken. (laughs) I'm so uncomfortable with vulnerability and taking risks. And I'm so like risk averse. Even in that, even in that saying, he says, don't even, don't even get an animal. Don't even get a pet because they have life experience expectancy right yeah we messed up but that's the thing is like those of you who don't know us we have a dog named duke he's quite the character and awesome and uh uh sometimes yesterday he ate my sock yeah that's true but we really like him and we can't picture life without him but we know that eventually he won't be here which is sad but if we did not get him out of fear of losing him. We wouldn't have experienced all the joy that has come from having him. And that's the same thing with relationships and being vulnerable in relationships. If you're not hundred percent vulnerable in it, you're going to protect your heart. You're not going to be hurt as bad as something bad happens, but you're not going to be able to experience the joy to the fullest. I think it's the belief that like that full joy is going to outweigh the pain. Yes. Regardless. And that still is hard for me because I feel like, well, this is probably the problem is because I hold back from experiencing that full joy and still trying to protect myself from the pain. So that's probably why I don't know if I've ever really experienced like the fullness of that joy, except for maybe with Duke because you just can't help it. Such a good guy. Yeah. And this is where we go back to our faith, right? If, our focus is in the internal and not this finite life. 
knowing that we're going to have hardships and ups and downs and people are going to let us down because we're human, right? That's where our focus is. That's where our hope is. And that takes away our need for finding a hundred percent joy and fulfillment in things or relationships or people. Mm-hmm. This is our identity. This is what our identity of our marriage is rooted in. And that enables us to have the grace and vulnerability and repentance in the marriage because we both know that the gift that we received from the cross the cross is not like we don't deserve it correct so then if i ever wrong you or you ever wrong me it's not mine who to hold on to i should act in grace and i should be forgiving This has been good. Yeah. I mean, we think that because that's our podcast or it's our podcast. Yeah. I just had a moment and I think you had the same realization is we can talk whatever we want. Yeah. What else do you want to talk about? I got new shoes. Matt bought me new biking shoes and I'm so excited about them. Yeah. They make a huge difference. At first he was like, you should get biking shoes because I was riding in these like foam bottom shoes that are over 12 years old probably because I got them before I started nursing and I was like that's stupid that's such a money waste because they probably are no different than any other shoe and then I rode once with them and I was like oh, never mind I love them and they make such a big difference thank you thank you here's another thing those of you who aren't gift givers or gift getters when you get a gift for someone who whose love language is a gift just get a gift for them yeah. So these shoes were actually a uh, anniversary gift to each other. Mm-hmm. So you buy yourself some too. Yeah. So that, no, I bought them for you. Yes. But you bought them for yourself actually. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I got Jaleesa like these little new grips for her bike handles. And I was like, I could get some for myself, but that would take away the meaning. Yeah. You learned so much. Cause I feel like you don't know this, but when you got me those grips, I actually looked at your bike thinking like, I wonder if he got some for himself too. And it would have been fine, but then it, then that's where my head goes of like, oh, did he just buy me some? Because at first he got some for himself and he didn't want me to be sad. But when you just buy them for me, I know like, oh, you were actually just thinking about like what would make Jaleesa feel special. And that's like, that's the difference, I think. And I wouldn't care if you went and got grips, like that's fine. But it does make a really big difference when it's just a gift that you pick out for me. Yeah. And you touched on a whole different big subject we won't go into it too much today but expecting the best yes sometimes i'm not good at that still well, but. no neither am i and i think that's what it all comes down to you can't expect perfection but what about the whole idea of just accept me for who i am don't ever Disagree with me. Oh, don't get me started on that. That's a whole different podcast. Let's do it. We have a platform. Let's do it on the next podcast. Speak loving truth to help a person become all they were designed to be. Yeah, you're going to say it all nice and gracefully, and I'm just going to stand on my soapbox and be like, this is stupid. But have you ever felt that way? Has it been like a refinement or a... No, I just... (laughs) I mean, this is a podcast. I can say whatever I want. 
I don't understand your question. You're oh. still just looking at me. I don't <laughs> I know. You say something. No. What do you mean refinement? Or like, have you ever felt that way? Because when we what first way? got married, that. Just accept me for who I am. Iron sharpens iron, right? Like we're supposed to help each other grow. When we first got married and you weren't, you weren't doing so hot. Oh yeah. No, like I know that. I know it's good. I want to hear things that I need to, well, I don't want to hear it, but I know I need to accept things I need to change about myself that are not of good character or whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it. I was saying on that subject, I just am annoyed at how normal it is now to be like, get rid of people in your life that tell you you're not perfect, basically. Like that's so stupid. No. But I guess my question was asking is they're like legitimately telling you that you're doing dumb things. I guess that was my question. I was asking is, have you ever felt, always felt that way? Because I feel like it's been just, I have known you for a while. (laughs) I feel like it's been a a growth in yourself and seeing that. No, I've always been accepting of everything, Matt. (laughs) I feel like that's a leading question. Of course, I have not always been this way. I, I mean... What's been the- how much time we got here? I feel like we gotta wrap this up here. I feel like this could open a whole new can of worms. Well, what just try to touch on what was the do you remember what would the shift was for you? Like in what in specifically in what seeing I it to as change? something no, in seeing it as something that can be fruitful in relationships when we speak out of love it with the intent of helping someone yeah, grow. I mean like if we're, I don't know how to say it without giving the example of like, okay, so you're probably the only person that consistently told me in ways, I guess, that I needed to change when I was sick. Mm. And had that not happened, I would be dead. So, I mean, that's pretty good. That, that it's probably a good then. thing that I, I took that to heart. Um, yeah. And I think just, yeah, in that as, I mean, not things as big as that, but there have been things that I've had to change and let go of since then and outside of that. Um, and it's still not easy to hear and it's still challenging to make those changes sometimes, but I don't think that means that you should just get rid of the people in your life that question maybe some of your choices or actions because I think that's how you grow and get better, but maybe just not, just not all the time. (laughs) No, (laughs) just sometimes it's good to also be uplifted in the things that you are doing. Right. I'm not saying you don't do that, but it's about about, about like that. It's about talking into what you see in the person, the good you see in the person, right? Like this is like the compliment sandwich kind of thing. These are good things I see in you. What about this? And I also really like this about you. <laughs> right. And I made a post, like I can talk about, I made a post the other day about how I used to Olympic lift six days a week and work out for two hours right around the time you were doing the same thing, but it started to become an idol and started to become something that was constantly in my head. And that 
was taking my time and energy away from things. So for someone to have spoken, I came to self-realization or whether it was through prayer or just hurting my back, that was probably a pretty good thing. Um, that this wasn't serving me, but if I had had someone tell me out of love that had built that relationship, I know their intent was, they had good intent and said, hey, this, this thing isn't, like, it's not, I don't think it's a good thing for you to be serving or for it to be taking away from all these different aspects of your life. That's probably would have been a good thing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Jaleesa. Thanks, Matt. Anything? We always end. Um, One, it could be funny. It could be not funny. One marriage tip. I think create laundry baskets. (laughs) So downstairs, we have six different laundry baskets. Yep, six. And on there, I put with a marker what clothes go in it and what temperatures level of heat heat and how you dry them because this was a point of strife strife in our marriage because jaleesa is super efficient and if you need to get everything anything done just ask jaleesa okay for the record it's not like i was putting cold to the thoughts no sometimes sometimes there was socks in there was some hot to be washed hot clothing in with the cold but anyway so what i did is i labeled everything and uh it's taken about four years for julius to utilize it but we're there (laughs) no comment how about you i don't know that's okay um well, I'll let you know next time. Yeah, I don't know. We're getting dead air. Sorry. You tricked me. Thanks, Jalisa. You're welcome, Matt.